it is summer, which means more outdoor activities and more time in the sun. This is a good thing for us, but too much of a good thing can be problematic. And in the short term, overexposure to sun will get you that sunburn, you'll be uncomfortable, but there's some long-term consequences that we should all know about to help us get our sun protection, our sun safety game on point. To learn more about this, I sat down with Dr. Melissa Vutsala. Dr. V is a member of the primary care provider team at San Luis Valley Health where she emphasizes in dermatology. I've had the good fortune of watching her work at wellness fairs where she would deliver skin checks to folks, hand them some sunscreen, and give them the information that they needed to best take care of themselves. I knew Dr. V would be generous with her information, so we sat down and had a conversation about sun safety. In this conversation, we cover the benefits of sun, the consequences of short and long-term overexposure, the best practices for protecting yourself, including how to pick a sunscreen, when to apply it, and how often. We also talk about clothing and how you can use that to block the sun to protect yourself. We also get into what you should be looking for if you're worried about a mole or a freckle or something on your skin and what parts of your body that commonly are affected by the sun. We also talk about what's a doctor's appointment look like slash what are the treatments and interventions for some of these things. I know you will enjoy this informative episode. Have a great listen. Before we get started, do me a solid, please leave a review, share this podcast, subscribe to its feed, tell your friends about it. This will help me out, continue to create this type of content. Thank you in advance. Here we go. Dr. Vutsula, am I saying your name properly? You certainly are. Do people butcher your name often? Not always. Really? Okay. That's pretty good. Because most people will call me Dr. V, so they don't get oh, a chance to. That's, yeah. That's like calling people <laughs> buckaroo. Hey, buddy. Um, I want to talk to you about uh, the sun. I want to talk to you specifically sun safety. It is summertime here in the San Luis Valley. I've been spending a lot more time outdoors. Um, I have a couple of strategies that I want to vet out with you. And my mindset on the sun has changed growing up in Arizona. Mm -hmm. out in the sun all the time, moving to Colorado, getting sunburned pretty regularly because of the intensity of the sun here. Mm -hmm. And I no longer am that interested in preventing the ouchies of sunburns. Uh, I'm interested in some of the long-term health components. But first, I want to hear more about you. Uh, what is your title here at San Luis Valley Health and what do you do? I am a family medicine physician. I am a DO, okay. and I uh, have a special interest in training in skin. Okay. So I practice about 75% is skin and 25% primary care. Are you from these neck of the woods originally? No, I'm from Iowa. Okay. I'm a Midwest girl. How do people talk about, so the sun is everything we talk about in Arizona and how hot it is. Colorado's bragging constantly about how many days of sunshine. We get to go right. skiing and it's sunny. What's the sun dialogue in Iowa like? Oh, we need more of it. More of it? Is it yes. get, like dreary? It is so dreary in the uh, middle of the winter. Oh, Absolutely. So we love summers, but mm -hmm. summers there are really hot and humid and sticky. So nobody really wants to be outside mm -hmm. unless you're swimming. 
Okay. Was sunscreen, sun protection, was that a big deal for you growing up? How, how was that handled? So yes and no. So my parents were good about giving us sunscreen. Of course, it was back when the no ad sunscreen was in. You had eight SPF, and, uh-huh. which doesn't even exist today. Uh-huh. Um, not so big on always wearing hats and sun protective clothing. But mm-hmm. yes, my mom was very keen on giving us sunscreen to protect our skin. Super. And so going through um, your medicine training, your, your DO training, you took a special interest in skin. Absolutely. And was there anything in particular that sparked that or is it just something that fascinated you? And what did you do? So I would say I did a derm rotation when I was a third year medical student. And ever since then, I've had this love for skin and dermatology. Mm -hmm. And so since then or after that, I sought out um, rotations. So I did about 12 months of derm Mm -hmm. during training. And then I worked for two years at the University of Michigan in their cutaneous surgery and oncology clinic as a research fellow. Um, with skin cancer patients. So we worked with melanoma patients, a more rare type of skin cancer, Merkel cell, which you don't ever hear about, but Mm -hmm. is actually more aggressive than melanoma. Mm -hmm. And then I helped out in most surgery with um, patients who had basal cell and squamous cell. And that was 12 months, you said? That was two years. Two years. On top of the 12 months of derm rotations. Oh, goodness. Okay. And typically, someone going through medical school, how long, unless they're going to be a dermatologist, how long are they spending in dermatology? So maybe eight weeks. Okay. So you got a pretty big dose, and it was really cool for you, and you got to do some research, which sounds super interesting. Yes, it was phenomenal. Awesome. Um, Now, how often are you talking about dermatology, skin topics with the patients that you see now in your primary care practice? Often, especially during wellness exams. Uh Um, I think that comes up often. I'm always asking patients at their wellness exam, if they're using sunscreen mm-hmm. or if they're performing sun safety. Okay, super. So let's get into some of the basics. I have some questions here that, um, let's see, let's see. Okay, let's, before we get into the scariness mm-hmm. and possible consequences other than just, you know, ouchies, um, benefits of the sun uh, is, you know, are you, do you encourage your patients to spend time outdoors? What, what, are, what are the benefits of the sun for us? Absolutely. I recommend outdoor activities. You know, not only is it great to have fresh air, but it helps your emotional well-being, your, your mood, being outside and being active. Mm-hmm. Um, we have so many great outdoor activities, especially here in Colorado. Mm -hmm. I mean, we spend our entire summer outside hiking Mm -hmm. or biking or fishing, um, that it would be, you know, it would be terrible if we couldn't partake in those activities just because they're so fun. But also for, um, you know, having elevated mood, I think the sun plays a key role. So as I said earlier, I grew up in the Midwest and in the wintertime, you're stuck indoors. You hardly see the sun for a month or two months at a time, and it really can impact your mood. So mm-hmm. I think that it's beneficial in that way. Um, sun exposure, vitamin D, that's always a hot topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say people need to be outside for vitamin D. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you really only need minutes of exposure to be able to get vitamin D. Okay. So if someone is low, I'm not telling them to go sunbathe. Mm-hmm. I'm telling them to supplement most mm-hmm. likely because we know the exposure of the sun is far more dangerous than mm-hmm. 
taking, you know, a supplement to, that to seems bring to be up their vitamin D gets, level. That gets thrown around quite a bit as what I would describe as some bro science mm -hmm. as far as, yeah, you got to get that vitamin D, so you got to get out into the sun. And neither one of those, getting vitamin D or being out in the sun, seem like a bad idea, but it's not exactly that simple Exactly, what it looks like to me. Yep. Um, and you said levels. Um, I think when people say, yo, I, I need vitamin D, um, I'm always curious, like, well, did you test your, you know, not to be, uh, you know, like waving a finger in right. their face and saying, are you, what do you, you don't know what you're like, talking about. Do you about, know but, you're low or are you just wondering right. if you need to, mm -hmm. and to I think that's exposure. just something that we can look out for as people that are like, you know, looking into our own health and wellness, um, mm -hmm. is the way people are just throwing these kinds of things around. So mm -hmm. that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's good for us. Good for our mood, good for recreation, physical activity. Yes. Um, and, but there are some things that we should be vigilant about. There's some things that we should do to protect ourselves. So let's start talking Absolutely. about that. So the sun, so we're talking about UV radiation from okay. the sun. Um, there are UVA and UVB rays. Mm -hmm. And there's actually a UVC ray that nobody ever talks about, but that is blocked out by the ozone layer. So we don't usually talk about that. Okay. But UVA and UVB. So UVB um, penetrates the skin and causes like the sunburn, the suntan, but mm -hmm. also plays a role in sun damage leading to skin cancer. Okay. Um, UVA actually plays a larger role than we used to think. Um, in sun damage and that actually penetrates deeper in the skin layers mm -hmm. um, and, and plays a large role in formation of skin cancer. Mm -hmm. Not only does it affect your skin, but also your eyes. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about sun safety and protecting yourself, we don't always just talk about the skin, but we also talk about eye protection as mm -hmm. well because exposure can lead to cataracts mm -hmm. and people who are at risk for macular degeneration can make that worse as well. And there are people who end up with skin cancers on their eyelids mm -hmm. or ocular melanomas. So those are some things to think of. Um, so we want to avoid that UV radiation. And the best way to do that is to have a block from the sun, mm -hmm. you either by sunscreen or wide brim hats, sunglasses, sun protective clothing. Mm -hmm. um, whenever you are wearing sun protective clothing, well, let's step back. So there's some protective clothing and then there's just long sleeves and long pants. Mm -hmm. So clothing in general, if it's a loose knit cotton, mm -hmm. is still going to let sunlight through. Right. I've seen these things on, you know, and it appears to be some type of marketing that an outdoor brand is doing is they're yes. saying, hey, this is a great right. fishing shirt because it is... I think they use a UPF. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. And so they use a UPF 50 or a UPF 75 on right. the outdoor gear, and that gives added protection? Yes. Mm -hmm. So what that means, the number, what mm -hmm. it means is that that clothing provides you, actually what it does is it blocks out like or only allows 1 50th mm -hmm. of the sun's rays to penetrate through the clothing. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's where the UPF comes from. Gotcha. So I want, so I want to jump back a little yeah. bit too, back into, back into some consequences. So not only is it, you know, our skin that we want to protect mm -hmm. for short term and acute stuff. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's like, you get the sunburn, sunburn, ow, it peels, it's uncomfortable. That's a sad day when that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, chronically occurring, like, so that happens over a long period of time. Then you're increasing your risk for 
different kinds, different types of cancer, right? Absolutely. Okay. So that chronic exposure over time mm-hmm. of those UV rays can change the DNA in your cells and cause genetic mutations that can then lead to skin cancer. Mm -hmm. And so it's the chronic exposure over time that leads to skin cancers, but also um, intensity Mm -hmm. and even short bursts of really severe, like severe sunburns where Mm -hmm. you're blistering or like tanning bed use Mm -hmm. um, can significantly increase your risk of skin cancer as well. Okay. And interesting enough, So we talked about the UVA and UVB rays. Mm -hmm. Um, UVB rays are more important when you're outside from like 10 to 4 p.m. Okay. And not so important, as important like in the winter time. Mm -hmm. Um, UVA is around Mm year-round. And cloud cover doesn't necessarily protect you from it. Windows don't protect you from it. Windows can actually block out UVB rays. Okay. But UVA rays, they really don't unless you have a specific coating on those. Gotcha. And so keeping that in mind, I, I would encourage people to think about sun safety year round and not just during the summer mm-hmm. because of those UV rays that you're exposed to throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and reflection from water and snow and ice mm-hmm. can cause you to sunburn. Right. And so that cumulative exposure over the years and those short bursts then can lead to skin cancer, but also can lead to aging. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to, I was going to ask you, I was going to get, uh, uh, what could be seen as maybe superficial, but this is, uh, you know, the, the chronic, the exposure part. Um, my understanding, what is it? Elastin? Is that something to do collagen with collagen and elastin is it, is in that your how skin? Our, our skin like kind of bounces back and we kind of, burn that up a little bit no pun intended when we're uh overexposed to the sun so with exposure to the sun you have multiple different things that are happening in the skin that lead to aging so yes you can lose like collagen elastin in your skin that you end up with more wrinkles because more laxity in the skin Mm -hmm. Um, you get sunspots or more discoloration in the skin because the cells are changing and trying to protect themselves from the sun Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of your overall health and wellness plays a role as well, but absolutely. If you were to ask for the one thing that someone could do to help minimize, minimize the aging process or improve the look of their skin over time, it would be wear sunscreen every single day. Okay. Being properly protected from the sun, it's going to slow down the, uh, it's going to not slow down the aging process. How would you say it? It is going to help you it may, age well, per, appropriately as per your trajectory? Yes, okay. versus earlier than usual. So uh-huh. if you've ever seen photos of even twins, mm-hmm. one lives in Florida their entire life, the other one lives, who knows, in the Midwest where they're not outside all the time. You can see the difference in their appearance of their age mm-hmm. based on the amount of exposure to the sun that they've had over the years. One thing that some people can check out, I think, um, is really interesting. There's an app called Sunface. Okay. I'll show it to you when we're done. How does it work? I mean, keep keep telling. Yeah, so it's an app on your phone, and you take a photo of yourself, Mm -hmm. and then you can click on to show you what you're going to look like in 10 years without using sunscreen. Oh, my. And then what you look like in 10 years with using sunscreen. Mm -hmm. And then add in, like, a melanoma or tanning bed use, and you can look, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Mm Mm-hmm. And 
it's really interesting to That's see. An, and it shows you what it shows it, what you, it, yeah, what you see, would look like. I was I was impressed time. with Grigsby's, you know, plug in your height and weight and triglycerides and yeah. your, and it gives you a. 58 it gives you a number oh that's ASCD's very interesting score. yeah that's very interesting that it gives you this is what it's is a visual yeah. yeah and it's not perfect but mm-hmm. you know it's pretty you know when you look at that photo and you think huh i can look that <laughs> way with uh-huh. sunscreen and or this way without i think mm-hmm. i'm going to choose the sunscreen mm-hmm. so so to, so to, to recap consequences right so uh ed, ed, i keep getting tangled on this um at rap more rapid sorry i'm being so, a dum-dum right now more rapid aging yeah uh, you're, so you're, you're... age quicker so your skin ages quicker when you have a lot more sun exposure okay. the appearance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so your skin appears older mm-hmm. when you're not practicing sun safety on a regular basis yes. you got short-term stuff sunburns those yep. are a bummer yep. uh possible you know in no increasing your risk of skin cancers Absolutely. and the eyes. Yes. All right. So mm-hmm. possible cataracts, possible eye cancer. You can potentially. So melanomas can occur okay. in the eye, but I would say more commonly you would see skin cancers like on the eyelids and around the eye area, Super. but vision changes, cataracts, macular degeneration, mm-hmm. all can be affected by well, the sun. I'm very interested in, I'm very interested in all that good stuff that we said about the sun. Mm-hmm. And I'm also not interested in all the stuff that we just talked about. So um, let's talk about the prevention components, okay? Um, you'd mentioned some as far as the clothes. There's different mm-hmm. kinds of clothes. Mm-hmm. You know, I get a little, um, th- there's two things that happen. I can start shopping for a sunscreen, mm-hmm. and I will get heartburn trying to make a decision <laughs> between brands and what you know they report is their functions features and benefits right um and i'll either get heartburn trying to figure it out or i'll just pick one right? sure so can you uh, help me with some guide rails so to yes, speak absolutely what i should be looking for in a sunscreen absolutely so you want to look for a bo- broad spectrum sunscreen okay. that means it'll protect against uva and uvb rays mm-hmm. and if it doesn't say broad spectrum then it's not going to cover both of those okay. you want it to be at least spf 30 okay. but i do recommend mineral sunscreens okay um, mineral sunscreen is a physical sunscreen so is it's not like absorbed Zinc oxide, titanium dioxide. Those are the only two. So and, zinc and you oxide. you see those on the Everest expedition or the lifeguard yes, in the movies right. on the nose, yes. right? Okay. Yeah. So if you if it's pure those, then yeah, that's a block. That's gonna okay. block everything out. But most sunscreens aren't purely zinc oxide. They'll have a certain percentage in it. Okay. And so that's where you don't get that hundred percent blockage. Okay. And a lot of them are made so that they will blend into the skin. You can rub them in. Not all, but some mm-hmm. are better than others as far as that's concerned. But people who have sensitive skin, mm-hmm. it's better for them to use mineral sunscreens. Okay. And they don't absorb into the system. Um, and again, it's zinc oxide, titanium dioxide. So as long as it has one or both of those on the back of the bottle and not anything that ends in like zone, mm-hmm. then that's a mineral sunscreen. Okay. And then a lot of the chemicals are end in zone, ben, able benzone. There's different ones. So here's what I'm hearing. Broad spectrum. Yes. Right. We want this because it helps with UVA and UVB. Okay. At least SPF 30. Yes. Okay. And if you're 
thinking about going higher than SPF 30, you really get a very marginal benefit. Like yes. you're probably better off putting SPF 30 on twice during the day versus trying to up your game with SPF 75 or something. Well, we'll talk about that because okay, okay. that's a little bit different. But anyway, so you get a, a marginal benefit, yes. right? So yes. SPF 30 is a pretty good, yes, pretty good call. Yep. And then there's some different types you said. So there's mineral versus what would you describe the other chemical types? sunscreens okay chemical mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. mineral um okay so i'm there in the aisle yes. now i know to look for broadband and i'm going to shoot for spf 30 yes um, if i have sensitive skin yes i'm going to pay attention to what that label is and probably i'm doing a little testing to figure out what's going to bug me right um, where, where do i go after that as far as considerations so once you then choose your sunscreen okay and certainly you might have to try different ones so some brands are easier to apply than others. Okay. Um, I do recommend like the bottle sunscreen. I I avoid sprays. Okay. I, I really don't like those. The reason is you still have to rub them in. Okay. So you're standing on the beach mm-hmm. and you're spraying your kid down. Mm-hmm. But if you don't rub it in, you're going to miss a lot of spots mm-hmm. and you're not going to give them the protection and you just they gave need. And a bunch to the atmosphere. And the, yes, that and not and kids. not to mention the person standing down winds breathing in those chemicals that okay. you just sprayed. Uh-huh. So I'm not really a big fan of the, of spray sunscreens. Mm-hmm. Um, I do prefer, you know, a cream lotion that you can rub on and then you can make sure you're covering all the areas that you need to. I'm, I'm going to tell you something you're not going to like. What's that? I like the spray. <laughs> I like the spray convenience that, for this for the same reason. Sure. I tell my dentist I like the flosser picks, <laughs> right? I know that I don't get the full C, but it's the best way. So not to not to derail, but definitely spray is going to be better than nothing. Yes. Still rub it in. Still rub it in. Don't gash your gash your neighbor. But if given the choice, the bottle, the lotion is probably a is probably a better option. That's what I would recommend. Okay. Yes. So anything is better than nothing. Right. So, but the, if you can make sure you cover good and rub it in, then mm-hmm. the spray is okay. You just have to make sure you get enough on and you rub it in. And that's key too. So a lot of people don't realize how much sunscreen you need. Mm-hmm. You need a shot glass full, one ounce full, okay. your entire body every time you apply. Okay. So you should go through a bottle of sunscreen in the summer, you so know, you like a, not too a, long. Yeah. If you get a 12 ounce bottle of sunscreen, yeah. that should be good for 12 days. Yes. Right? Okay. Yeah, 12 applications. So, so this is good, right? So, so we talked about type, and now we're kind of talking about the dose, right? Yes. How much you should yes. be using. Yes. And, it's, it's, and it's, it's probably more than people may realize. Right. Okay. It's, I think it's a lot more than people actually realize and actually apply. Mm-hmm. And remembering how long it's going to protect you mm-hmm. and reapplying is key. So it needs to be reapplied at least every couple hours. Okay, let's 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 go off on timing here real sure. quick, right? So um, it's Saturday. Mm-hmm. My plans are to uh, make breakfast with my family. I'm going to go to the mailbox. That's going to take me a couple of minutes, um, and I'm going to go see if there's gas in the lawnmower. I'm going to be outside about 15 minutes. Okay, am I? In need, like so, at what amount of time do it that I anticipate being outside? Should I lo- lather up? Like how, if I'm going to be outside for mm-hmm. 15 minutes, yep. is that is that lotion time? At what point would you recommend if you know you're going to be out in the sun, x amount of time? This is when you get lathered up. It's a good question. So I'm going to step back to 
how often, like when you need to apply. So okay. when you're planning to wear sunscreen, you should apply it 20 minutes or so before you go outside. So oh. it's allowed to absorb and to work. This is, I didn't consider yes. this. And, you know, technically if you're going to be out for like sporadically for a few minutes at a time, if you weren't to apply it, you're probably okay. Mm-hmm. However, consider in your lifetime, mm-hmm. 15 minutes, how many days mm-hmm. that adds up to a yeah. lot of sun exposure where you're not protected at all. So Mm -hmm. what I would say is, yes, it should be your routine before you go out for the day because you probably end up being out there longer than 15 minutes anyway. Mm -hmm. So I recommend people when they're daily moisturizer, wear a sunscreen and Mm -hmm. you always have it on your face every single day. You're protected no matter what. Mm -hmm. So even if you're going to be out for 15, you're still then protecting yourself for that 15 because then that 15 extrapolates for every day that you go out for 15 minutes. And chances are you're going to be out longer than that. Gotcha. Gotcha. So protect yourself. Um, and there's a little bit of, I don't know, planning in there. Like depending mm-hmm. on what, what's, what's the rest of your day. Right. I don't know. I, I hate to come back to, well, let's use common sense about this. Cause there's really never an answer to me. It's like, oh, I need specifics. Sure. But sure. Um, if you're going to be outside, wear sunscreen. Yeah. Or cover up. Like if you're only going to be out for 15 minutes, cover up. Okay. Wear a wide brim hat, wear sunglasses, wear long sleeves and long pants. Mm-hmm. Super. Then you're at least covering yourself up. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I feel, I got, I got some more handrails now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, I feel better when I'm sunscreen shopping now. I feel better about, okay, when is it I'm going to need this, right? Um, if, if, if I missed it, forgive me for asking you to repeat it. What would you say that reapplication mm-hmm. interval is? So I would say at least every two hours. Every two hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you can look at the sunscreen because they'll usually say also like water resistant for 40 minutes or 80 minutes. 80 minutes is going to be better than 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. But um, I would reply every, I always tell patients one to two hours, mm-hmm. especially if you're swimming or sweating. Okay. Because you're sweating that off. You're, mm-hmm. It's coming off in water and water resistant isn't waterproof. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you need to reapply. And that's one thing that people forget to do. Mm-hmm. It's not going to last you all day long. Right, right. So now, these are great guidelines now. So I know I'm going to be outside. I grease up. I'm ready to go outdoors. I've used my shot glass, my one <laughs> ounce of sunscreen. And now I know that activity dependent, right? If I'm swimming, if I'm sweating, running, something like that, I'm going to want to reapply sooner and if I'm just kind of doing regular type activity, two hours is yes. a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. Super. Yeah. Those are good logistics. Okay. All right. Now, how am I feeling about sunscreen? I feel good about which one I'm picking, how to reapply. Any other special concerns? Let's, let's go. Yeah. Anything else sunscreen wise? How about. Uh, Do you want me to explain SPF? A lot of people ask about that and they're not sure what that what it, means. I learned what it stands for. Oh, tell I, me. I, okay. um, sun protection factor. Yes. And my understanding was. That if you have an SPF 30, yes. um, it so if it took you X amount of time to get a sunburn, it would take you 30 times longer. Yes. Is that a good way yes. to explain it? Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. Yep. Knowledge from So without internet. any protection, mm-hmm. when you add SPF 30 on, it's going to take you 30 times longer to get to where you would get a sunburn had you not had anything on. Okay, super. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so yeah, those, yeah, those are the fun thing. Can I, and probably until today, I never really differentiated between UPF and SPF. Sure. Um, and, uh, so those are, I think those are just interesting little handy things for us to know when we're shopping for our stuff mm-hmm. and thinking about mm-hmm. it. So, um, so the sun protection factor, anything else that's important to know about that? Let me, when you talk about UPF, I'll just throw in. So 
a lot of that clothing can be kind of pricey, mm-hmm. but they do have um, products that you can buy over the counter where you wash your clothing oh, in it, and uh-huh. it provides a UPF to so the I've clothing. So I've used stuff like that too water resistance my like jackets and stuff like that that you know it kind of beads off and stuff like that so they do a similar thing to where you get a little bit extra sun protection yes oh very nice um let's let's talk about clothing and you said a couple different things wide brim hats yes sunglasses um there is some differences between materials as far as what they're going to be able to provide protection wise yes um so i'll tell you my strategies now um for working out. So I'm working on this playhouse and I'm pants, long sleeve shirt, wide brimmed hat, and I'll put a little bit of goo on my nose, tops of my ears, um, and then the backs of my hands. So I'm covering up those things. Uh, What are your other recommendations clothes wise to consider? Does, you know, I'm kind of wearing that like Rio Frio thin kind of shirt that you get for your member. Yeah. Um, Am I under protected at that point? So, just because you're wearing clothing mm-hmm. doesn't mean you shouldn't wear sunscreen. Okay. So there is certain amount of UV rays that go through clothing. Um, but like I said, if you have the UPF, then it definitely blocks out a lot more of those rays. Mm-hmm. If you have loose knit clothing, okay. more light can go through gotcha. than tighter knit. And then hats, mm. something to consider is mesh. Okay. Mesh hats aren't going to block the sun mm-hmm. because they ha- they can go through that mesh portion. So if I'm shopping or just looking in my my dirty my 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 working clothes kind of section, if I took it up and held it to the light, and if I can see through more of it, it's going to give me less protection than if I don't see as much. Yes, that's a good way of doing it. There we go. Hmm. So. Um, in that scenario I described as far as my strategies, right? I'm, I'm greasing up my hands and my nose and stuff like that. What are the spots that, I mean, are, are those are those the spots? Like where do, when you're doing examinations on folks, mm-hmm. like where do you find most of the mm-hmm. problematic areas? Where, where are sure. those at? So I would say hands, forms, face, ears, yes, okay. lips, all of that. And so um, the those are the areas that see the sun most mm-hmm. because the rest of our body is mostly covered up for most mm-hmm. of our life. Or is it at least getting like a different Yes, like, different getting, angle. But mm-hmm. you know, you think about um, you know, you in the wintertime you're wearing long sleeves, long pants. Well mm-hmm. your hands are always unless you're wearing gloves, mm-hmm. always um you know, the sun, you get sun exposure mm-hmm. and your face, you're not covering up your face. Mm-hmm. So you're definitely gonna have a lot of exposure there. Mm-hmm. And the higher risk skin cancers uh, for one certain type of skin cancer, squamous cell, is higher risk when it's on the head and neck. Okay. Compared to other parts of the body. Okay. Um, so we got a few different things to help with those hats, gloves. Um, so those are the problem areas. Uh, now, in regards to those problem areas, what are the things that, okay, so let's just imagine I'm noticing, like I'm, I've listened to this, I'm paying attention. What do my hands look like? What do the tips of my ears look like? What do mm-hmm. my shoulders look like? Mm-hmm. What should I be looking for that's, sure. that's a, hey, we got to think about this, or hey, I got to go ask some questions. What should I be looking for? Sure. So it depends on the type of skin cancer that you're kind of looking okay. for. So a lot of people get something called actinic keratoses, and those are considered precancerous skin lesions. Okay. 
Um, they're usually kind of red, scaly spots that don't go away. You think, oh, you got some dry skin and you moisturize it. It just doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. And they can show up anywhere, anywhere where, you, where you've had sun exposure. Okay. Um, and we usually treat those with liquid nitrogen. And we treat them because they can turn into squamous cell skin cancer if mm-hmm. left untreated over okay. time. And that's the second most common type of skin cancer. Okay. Um, so that's the first thing. New spots that pop up and you're like, that just looks looks different yeah or if it's you know really itchy and bleeding on its own um definitely needs to be evaluated um basal cell tends to be kind of a shiny pearly red bump okay and sometimes they ulcerate so they kind of have a sore to them that bleeds Mm -hmm. but you can have superficial versions that look almost like a patch of eczema but i guess in the end if there's something that's there that's looks abnormal or looks like a sore that's not healing or an area that's not healing, it needs to be checked out. Okay. Now, when we talk about pigmented lesions or darker lesions, mm-hmm. um, we think more about melanoma, even though there are what we consider a melanotic melanoma. So they're not dark, they're mm-hmm. pink or, or they don't have that darker color to them. Um, most people in general will stop making new moles in their early 30s. Okay. So you're not getting a lot of new moles after that. So new okay. dark spots that are popping up, you should take a look at and see. Mm-hmm. Now, there are other things that are popping up around that age. So mm-hmm. benign skin lesions called separate keratoses, which are these kind of anywhere from flat to raised skin colored to dark brown black kind of rough warty growths okay. that you get with more birthdays is what I tell people okay um, are are not cancerous but they're very very common mm-hmm. and they can be somewhat genetic so probably have family members that have those mm-hmm. um, those those pop up you know in your 30s and later um, only about 30 percent of melanomas arise from a pre-existing mole mm. So a mole that you've had for years that's now changing. Mm -hmm. So you think about the ABCDEs of melanoma. So A is asymmetry. So it's different from one side to the other. Mm -hmm. Border, really jagged and irregular. Mm -hmm. Color, multiple different colors. D is diameter. And Mm -hmm. they say greater than a pencil eraser is concerning, though I have seen melanomas are smaller. Mm -hmm. But E is actually one that I think of as probably the most important so it's evolution or the evo- the evolution of lesion or if it's evolving. So mm-hmm. you have this, you know, dark round spot, but it's symmetric and it's round. The border's smooth, mm-hmm. but over time you notice it gets bigger, more irregular border, more color variation. That change in lesion is concerning and would warrant getting that looked at. Um, so then going back to about seventy percent of melanomas are just new spots that pop up. Mm-hmm. So if you have a new spot that then kind of meets that criteria, the ABCDEs, you know, you should probably get it looked at. Okay. Um, people also get sunspots, lentigos, mm-hmm. and those themselves are benign, okay. but they can become malignant. Mm-hmm. So I think in general, if you see a new spot that just looks funky to mm-hmm. you, it's like, or something new that was never there and you're just not sure, um, something that's not healing, mm-hmm. or if something's changing, mm-hmm. it needs to be looked at. Sounds like that. Paying attention yes. is probably a pretty good idea in, in regards to your overall system for protecting yourself yes. from the sun and then the risk factors for it. Absolutely. Hmm. Monthly self-skin exams. Okay. Yes. And buddy exams save lives. Okay. So husband, wife, significant other, check each other's backs out. You can't mm-hmm. see your own back. Mm-hmm. 
So my wife has been adamant that when the wellness fair is going on, that mm-hmm. I go and talk to you. And I think mm-hmm. I talked to Dr. Walker because I got a mole on my neck that is, I'd say it's bigger than a pencil eraser, but pretty round and is not, I don't see it, but to the best of my knowledge, it hasn't changed. It hasn't sure. done the E, the evolved. Yes. It's never been uh, red, itchy, broken skin or anything like that. Good. But, uh, but yeah, that's our, she's really adamant that I keep getting that checked out on that yeah Yeah. she gets me stuff to cover well and one thing too to think of is we always talk about the ugly duckling Mm -hmm. so people tend to make similar moles Mm -hmm. and they may be atypical in appearance but people tend to make you know similar looking moles so if you see something that's really different than the other moles Mm -hmm. it has to kind of pique your curiosity Mm -hmm. that ugly duckling lesion goodness well monthly Yep. Monthly, and then definitely something to talk over in like an annual wellness exam or yep. a health fair or a wellness yep. fair when Absolutely. you have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. And um, is there would there be anything that's like red alert right now? Got to do something about it, or is that just not the nature of this kind of of health wellness medicine? Like, um, you know, I would say there's. If you have a spot that's changing suddenly, mm-hmm. that needs to be checked out. Okay. Um, I've seen melanomas pop up within weeks. Mm-hmm. So something that's changing rapidly definitely needs to be evaluated. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the ones you want to catch. You want to catch the melanoma because those are the ones that are going to spread and potentially um, can be lethal. Mm-hmm. Um, basal cell and squamous cell very rarely spread. Squamous cell can, but it's really low risk. But melanomas are the ones that we want to catch and catch early. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had kind of mentioned earlier about a more rare type of skin cancer, Merkel cell, which mm-hmm. looks different. And that is definitely more rare. I haven't found one here in the Valley. I've only mm-hmm. seen them at the university setting. Um, they're that rare, but um, those even more aggressive than melanoma. So. so let's imagine, oh man, my mole appears to be changing shape and and some things that are now concerning to me mm-hmm. um it's going to be scary when i say hey can you take a look at this because right now i don't know mm-hmm. what do interventions for this kind of stuff mm-hmm. look like i mean i could see myself getting really like as worked up if not more mm-hmm. than when i'm shopping for sunscreen now i'm going oh my goodness what's going to happen to me sure what do uh what are interventions typically involve? i know that's not a great question but um, I just, uh, no, it is. It's great. Just know what to expect. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So an initial evaluation, we'll take a look at the lesion. Okay. And if it looks like something that can be monitored, then we'll do just that, you know, take photos and measurements. Um, I often take photos on a patient's phone so they have it available to mm-hmm. them to monitor for changes. Mm-hmm. And then if they notice any change in size, color, shape, any of that, then they come back to me and then we do a biopsy. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's concerning enough to warrant a biopsy that day, then we can do that. When you say biopsy, mm-hmm. explain. To me so there's a couple different options. Mm-hmm. Depends on the size of the lesion and how it appears. Mm-hmm. But I would say a majority of skin lesions, we can do a shave biopsy, which okay. is actually a pretty simple procedure okay. in the clinic. Um, you just have to numb up right under the spot and we kind of shave it off. And then mm-hmm. we put a liquid on to stop bleeding and... Vaseline bandage. You take and a little piece to take, test it out. Yep. Usually you try to remove the whole lesion. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then what are the other interventions? So there's punch biopsy that can be done. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're thinking about a melanoma, what's important is to get the depth 
of the skin layers mm -hmm. to see what the depth of the lesion is because that can determine the stage of the melanoma and mm -hmm. future treatment. Mm -hmm. um, if you feel confident that you can get the depth of it with a shave, then we do that. But if it's one where it might be difficult, then we do a little punch biopsy, which is like a little cookie cutter. Oh, okay. And so you pull out the whole lesion and the skin cell layer in the layers, mm -hmm. and then you put a couple stitches in. Okay. Um, so something's, something's going on. Definitely ask some questions about it. And then what you could probably expect is they're going to, you're, you're possibly monitoring it, maybe have a new monitor, you know, I'm going to keep my eye on this. And if things look a little bit more seriously, you're going to need to take a little bit of it, if not the mm -hmm. whole thing mm -hmm. and, and kind of go from there. Yep. And if, depending upon pathology, then you can, it can be anywhere from, you know, you just monitor the area after you do the biopsy mm -hmm. for any recurrence of the pigment that comes back mm -hmm. to, and that's usually, um, atypical moles, not melanoma that you're doing that. If any melanoma, then you have to take more normal skin around that area, depending upon how deep it is in the skin. Mm -hmm. And the same thing is with basal cell and squamous cell. Mm-hmm is usually you have to take more normal skin around to do what we consider an excision. Um, they're superficial forms of, of basal cell and squamous cell sometimes can be treated with topical creams for mm -hmm. several weeks, but not usually a melanoma. Usually melanoma needs further surgical intervention. Sometimes it can be done in the outpatient setting with just the excision, but if it's deep enough, then we have to talk about lymph node evaluation um, and, and other things. How about the intervention where you get the time machine and you go back 20 years and you put the sunscreen on? <laughs> right. Wish you could, one? right? Right. Um, if we could only go back to our younger self and say, don't do that. <laughs> and say, Hey, use, uh, you use some of these, uh, these things that may be a little bit inconvenient, but they'll, uh, they're going to be very Absolutely. good. Absolutely. Yeah. Super. So let me see if I can, let me see if I can sum up these points. And can okay. I plug something yeah, real quick plug with it, that? So when you're going back to that younger self, I think this is an important time to talk about prevention uh -huh. and really, you know, teaching our kids the importance of sun safety mm -hmm. and instilling in them the behaviors mm -hmm. of sun safety. So right. before they go outside, put your hat on, put your sunscreen on, wear your sun protective clothing mm -hmm. and, and just make it part of their routine mm -hmm. before they go outside and play in the summertime or any time of year. Mm -hmm. And then they'll develop those habits early and hopefully continue them through their adult life and hopefully then help prevent them from getting skin cancer. Sounds very wellnessy, right? The behaviors, the habits, mm -hmm. um, you know, cause again, like I said earlier, you know, I'm shifting from this. I am not interested in the discomfort of being sunburned because mm -hmm. it's annoying when I try and do a barbell squat or something mm -hmm. like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that, that's, that's a good motivator, but also, longevity, yes. not looking like I've been fried forever. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of other things that can go into that. Um, super. It is a good time to talk about prevention. There's a lot of things that, um, so sun is good for us. We should go out in it. It's healthy for us. It's healthy for our mood, but we should be vigilant and mindful when we go out into the sun by protecting our skin with SPF 30 sunscreen preferably the lotion type. Yes. Um, there are some different options out there if you have sensitive skin, mm -hmm. um, but you can shop around and figure out what's going to work for you. You want to apply it 20 minutes before 
you go out. Mm -hmm. So it has time to soak in and do its job proper. Uh, every two hours, activity dependent, you're going to want to reapply sunscreen. Absolutely. If you're sweating or swimming, you may want to do it. You're going to want to do it sooner than that. Most you likely. You use about an ounce, which mm -hmm. is about a shot glass worth. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's more than what you originally thought of or um, usually use. Mm -hmm. You can use clothing and depending on how much light you can see through that clothing will kind of depend on how well it's going to protect you. Mm -hmm. Some people out there, some companies will market their stuff as particularly protective and there's aftermarket stuff that you can put on your clothes and wearing sunglasses and wide brim hats is a real good way to um, help protect yourself. Yes, absolutely. Is that a good story? That's wonderful. You got it. What, what else? What else do we miss in there? Um, and then if you do notice some things, yes. in particular, the common spots, ears, nose, hands, shoulders, take a look at it. You said A, B, C, D, E. e. A, yes. B, C, D, E's. Um, and that was asymmetry. Mm -hmm. So whether or not it looks, you know, it has the same size on both sides. It doesn't look like a kidney. It looks like a circle. Uh, the border border irregular uh -huh. yeah. not so, smooth so not smooth or smooth no you, so if it's not smooth that's concerning okay smooth border would be less concerning gotcha so. see i think I, I think i've spent my cognitive money see <laughs> color color okay. so it should be all one kind of homogeneous color mm -hmm. and if it's multiple colors that would be more concerning and d diameter diameter so bigger than a pencil eraser yes okay and then E is evolution and whether or not it's changing. Yes. Ooh, go on into your doc, have them take a look at it. They can help you out. And you may need to have a, a shave or potentially. biopsy or uh -huh. something like yep. that. But um, there's probably a whole lot of folks that talk about this stuff on the internet too. Not to encourage people to go out and terrify themselves, but if you're in a situation where you need to know more about what to expect, I'm sure there's lots of folks out there that um have that information let's sure. let's do that um what are some resources that you recommend to folks yeah as far so as, you know, i'd be careful themselves? on you know just going on youtube and watching a video but um i direct people to the american academy of dermatology website it's okay. a great resource for patients i think the mayo website tends to be good mm -hmm. there's a um dermnet new zealand okay. website that i really like uh -huh. um that has a lot of great information on different skin um, disorders and diseases and can and has a lot of patient information. But going to a medical website like that to get information is better than kind of a random website. Mm -hmm. um, they probably won't show videos of what biopsies look like. I'm sure that can be found elsewhere, but I, again, caution people and just... Mm -hmm. Watching a random video. I watched video. them pull out wisdom teeth. I'm yeah. so glad I didn't watch that before I got my <laughs> wisdom teeth out because there's but, some things yeah. that are, yeah. The, the good thing is that the biopsies are really pretty simple procedures in the mm -hmm. office with very little downtime afterwards. Mm -hmm. So Low risk, some discomfort, mm -hmm. very, very good for you in the long term relative to the mm -hmm. amount of discomfort. Yeah, the worst part is just numbing up and it's usually just right under that spot. So it doesn't last long and then, you know, a little soreness afterwards but well super and i think that a, a good i don't know i mean what you said about habits and behaviors mm -hmm. can't can't be 
I mean, that's that's uh, that, that's it. It's very Building important. These things, trying them out. Yes. Um, knowing that you're not gonna maybe if this is something that you haven't done before, being kind to yourself about like, okay, hey, we gotta we gotta practice this, and oops, I forgot this time, but. Um, yes. I spent a lot of time not flossing. Now I floss uh, <laughs> all the time, you know, right? All the, all, you know, mm-hmm. as I'm, you know, six, we'll call it six days a week. I'm just going to brag sure. on myself, sure. right? So that's, that's most good. of the time. Yeah. And, but it wasn't that way for a long time. Right. I mean, you had to train yourself. You had to build exactly. it into your routine. And mm-hmm. that's part, the same thing with this. One thing I do want to make sure we do touch on that we haven't talked about is tanning bed use. Oh, okay. So yeah, let's talk, uh, Let's talk about that because that's super healthy and good for you, right? No. No. I would not recommend it for anyone. Okay. Um, You know, it's mostly UVA rays. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, if you start tanning before age 35, that increases your risk of melanoma by 75%. Mm -hmm. So even one tanning bed session Mm -hmm. significantly increases your risk of developing melanoma. Mm Mm-hmm. The only kind of light therapy you should do would be under the direction of a physician, specifically dermatologist, okay. for certain skin conditions. Gotcha. Otherwise, I do not recommend that anyone ever steps foot in a tanning bed mm-hmm. because of the risks associated with that. Well, let's get practical here for just a second. Say I really, really need a golden, just I need a super tan, I'm getting married or something like no. that. What would be a harm reduction option for that so let's let's think about that statement you just said Harm you need reduction. that and let's step back to need a golden tan <laughs> yeah, i think uh-huh. the problem is everybody thinks that a tan or base tan is healthy and safe right mm-hmm. no no tan is safe oh, okay because no it tan damage yes right? mm-hmm. so tanning is your body's cells response to sun damage to try to fix itself mm-hmm. and so the tan does not provide protection. It's actually trying to fix itself. So there is no safe tan. Okay. Now, you can do everything right and you can wear sunscreen and some people will just naturally tan mm-hmm. and that's going to happen. But as long as you're protecting yourself and using sunscreen and clothing, then that is, that's good. At least you're protecting yourself. But to go out and get a tan to try to protect yourself is it's not. Mm-hmm. So there's no free lunch when it comes no. to culturally, socially acceptable aesthetics right. of the tan. No. Like it's... Pale is the new tan. Like okay. you, you don't want a tan because that means that you have a sun damage. Okay. Well, this, this is good to know because um, anytime that we can challenge, like, because, you know, like people that are really big and strong... That's kind of like, yeah, that's like a socially acceptable thing. But what it, what it was the result of was a whole bunch of trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Tearing muscle fibers, uh, loads, compression, like a whole bunch of stuff that when you isolate it, you look at it for what it is, not that good. Mm-hmm. Damage to your skin is not good for you. Right. Short term, long term. Right. There, there, there are consequences Absolutely. to it. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. maybe the people that... Uh, this isn't a moral situation, but I, I think that that is good information for folks that may think that this is a mm-hmm. better idea or mm-hmm. these are my motivators for mm-hmm. doing this yep. mm-hmm. to at least have that information available to say, Ooh, well, mm-hmm. I thought, cause, cause honestly, I didn't expect that. I'd say like, Oh, well, if going outside is good for you, you should have a little bit of tan and that would be an indicator that I'm going outside and if I'm using my sunscreen and I'm getting a tan, that I am being 
extra healthy. Right. But that's no. not quite no, the case. No, no. You want to try to avoid tanning if you can. Okay. And I'll also say that, you know, there's different skin types based on race, ethnicity, all of that. And mm-hmm. so no one is immune to skin cancer. Okay. So yes, there is um, some innate protection if you have a darker skin type than a lighter, a lighter skin type, mm-hmm. but no one is immune. Mm-hmm. So even if you have a darker skin type, you can develop skin cancer. And I think that's important for people to know. Anything else that people ought to think about? Um, there was something else I was going to say. Now I can't remember what I was going to say along those lines. Maybe it'll come to me. Okay. It does. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, edit, it, we'll edit it in somehow. Yes. Um, thank you so much for yes. sharing that information about just how things were, what to expect. Um, and um, if someone wanted to schedule it, like if someone's worried about mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. Um, is it a good idea to... Call one of the steward to call the steward Avenue yes, clinic and ask absolutely. you specifically. Absolutely, super yep. well. And some kind of show notes will include that uh, that telephone number so that people who come and talk to you, Doctor Melissa Vusla, yes. about absolutely. a uh, something that might concern them in regards to right um, their yep. their skin. Yep. And and just as a plug, I am not a dermatologist, right. and we talked about my training earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I just do have that extra training in from my background as far as skin is concerned. But I do work closely with regional dermatologists mm-hmm. for patients where it's more appropriate for them to see a dermatologist or um, have a more complicated case that I that need to be seen by dermatology. So I do what I'm comfortable with here in the mm-hmm. family practice setting and will refer on if needed. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending this time with me, Dr. V. All right. Thank you mm-hmm. so much. Bye-bye. Disclaimer. Do not use this information as medical advice. Instead, see your own family doctor for care. The opinions expressed do not represent the opinions of SLV Health. That's it for this episode of the It's Wellness Time podcast. Thank you for listening along. Please take a second to review. Give it a five-star rating. Share it with your friends. Do all these things via the social medias. That will help me show that folks are out there listening. I look forward to bringing you more information, more inspiration to help you with your wellness. Have a super day.